Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Good morning and welcome. I am here with the amazing Vanessa Marceau of the Allura Wellness Center, a vegan social media influencer and health leader. And we are talking about the fact, we were just going to talk about spirituality and the reggae fest, but there is an article in the New York Times that basically says we're all done for. I mean, (laughs) that climate change is destroying us and that we've only got really um, like a little more than a decade left before it becomes almost an unlivable planet for millions and millions and millions of people. But what I want to talk about today is that they failed to mention in this long article, which I'm going to pull up right here, uh, they failed to mention, and I read it, major climate report describes a strong risk of crisis by 2040 They fail to mention animal agriculture even once. When we know the United Nations said that animal agriculture was responsible for more greenhouse gases than all transportation combined. Mm -hmm. When we know that animal agriculture is the leading cause of habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, and all sorts of other ills like water pollution, deforestation. Mm -hmm. Why is it that the so-called best and the brightest refuse, refuse to talk about animal agriculture's role? So Vanessa, take it away. What would you say is the, the reason that we can't get them to talk about this most essential issue? Well, it is kind of baffling that we have the obvious elephant in the room and we're not even discussing it. And I think to me as a psychotherapist, I know how deeply defenses work that even when there's something so glaringly obvious, when the World Health Organization just came out and said that animal agriculture is the most destructive behavior that we're engaging in and the leading cause, as Jane was talking about, of climate change that is becoming disastrous to where we have climate refugees. Who knows if Bangladesh and Florida are even going to still be above ground and not submerged in water in a few years, they still aren't talking about it. And to me, it really relates to the fact that people don't, well, A, they don't like change and it's scary because they're afraid of their own adaptability to change and what they'll find. But food is something that is so powerful in our imaginations and it is so rooted to early memories, to family rituals, all kinds of things that people use to justify their lack of interest in actually adopting a way of behaving that would be better for them, better for the planet, and that isn't so rampantly cruel. So I think that people just don't want to look at that because they would have to look at their morality Look at what they've been doing, which can be somewhat horrifying if you've been living 20, 30, 40, 50 years, even longer, and you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, I've been contributing to massive cruelty, to absolutely agonizing torture, enslavement, and murder of these living sentient beings who want to live in love just like us. And you have to actually realize that the amount of guilt and shame is so enormous 
that I think a lot of people don't even want to open that door. And when I hear people say, oh, I really should go vegan. I really should cut down. I really should. Those shoulds are part of this pattern of saying, I want to be congruent with my value system, but it's too scary to me. I don't know what I'll uncover. I don't know if I'll survive. I don't know if my shame levels will tolerate looking at myself in a way that's going to make me possibly really unhappy with my decisions and with what I've been doing. And how can I tolerate that sense that I may not be the person I want to be and my values may not be congruent with how I'm behaving. I think all those are so extremely powerful as reasons that the absolute obvious blatant truths aren't penetrating a lot of people that the world isn't immediately on a course to veganism, which is the only thing that is going to save us now. The planet's going to be fine. We're going to survive. The planet is going to survive regardless of what we do. We're just making it inhabitable, inhospitable to human life and to many of the animals whom we've destroyed. I mean, the the rate at which animals are going extinct, if that happened with humans, we would have been long gone if we killed each other the way we kill animals. But Uh, we we kill more animals in um, like a month than all human beings have have existed in the history of humankind. We are killing 74 billion land animals not including fish every year. And, you know, I was thinking for those who say, well, you know, it's not going to have an impact, blah, blah, blah. You know, humans aren't that powerful. Well, did you ever see the bomb that fell in Hiroshima? Yeah. Okay, humans are that powerful. We do have the power to affect our world. Mm-hmm. And if, if you even look at a, a situation like a, a, an island in the middle of nowhere, and, you know, you have, for example, rats. And I, I love rats. I have nothing against rats. But mm-hmm. rats start reproducing and reproducing. All of a sudden, they've eaten all the foliage yep. on the island. Yep. Then they begin cannibalizing. Then they all die. That's essentially what's happening to us. It's not our carbon footprint. It's the footprint of what we eat. We're just 7.6 billion human beings. Our carbon footprint is not actually that big. It's the carbon footprint of the 74 billion animals who, and I don't say what, who we eat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. These animals eat 40 times what they produce as food. Wow. 40 times. Oh the most wasteful animals the most wasteful food in the world. So address, what are we going to do about this? That's where, to me, Allura Wellness comes in as an example of what we all need to do. If we offer the alternatives, we know that people are slow to change. But if I can offer them products, services, food that are cruelty-free, that don't involve harming anyone, that don't involve hurting the planet, then people are going to buy them because why wouldn't you buy something that looks as good, feels as good, tastes as good, is as as affordable as the cruelty-filled versions, and you know that this one is cruelty-free and sustainable, why wouldn't you? So if we can flood the marketplace, we can change how people consume. They may not even be thinking, oh, I'm going vegan, I'm going to save the planet. They're seeing these wonderful products and services and these businesses, more and more vegan businesses are coming out every day. So if we flood the marketplace like this and we show them 
how easy it is to live well, that they don't have to feel deprived, they're not giving anything up, then they'll be switching over how they consume anyway. So we're going to change how they consume by what we're doing. And this way, to me, my first step is opening the storefront, Allura Wellness in Altadena, which is happening in a few weeks. We're going to start spreading all over. More other businesses are going to be taking over vegan cheeses, vegan meats, vegan shirts that don't involve any kind of destruction. People are more and more consuming these, and this is going to influence what we do. And the production for dairy is dropping daily. The demand for meat is dropping daily with all these alternatives out there. That way, we're going to stop destroying the planet, stop killing trillions, including sea life, every year. We're not going to have any life in the ocean left over at the rate that we're fishing. Who is on your lap? Let's lift him up. There we go. Little Rico. He's a rescue from the streets of Puerto Rico. Now, if you killed 74 billion little Ricos, okay, God forbid, everybody would, would acknowledge that instantly as being morally wrong, reprehensible. Okay, we allowed, our culture allowed three and a half, and it's rising, million chickens and turkeys and pigs to drown in warehouses in North Carolina when the farm was coming, when the storm was coming to the farms. Because uh, you can't evacuate hundreds of thousands of animals. Mm -hmm. So inherently, if you're living in a situation where you can't evacuate, if it was a human being, you'd say, there's something wrong. You can't live there because you can't evacuate. But we are leaving those animals to drown to death. Imagine stuck in warehouses as the water is rising and rising and they drown to death. And there's a school of thought that they didn't open the gates because a, they didn't want to have the PR damage of seeing hundreds uh, and thousands of animals, uh, pigs and chickens floating dead in the water. Mm. And also because they are considered quote unquote live inventory. Right. That is a term that the so-called farmers who aren't really farmers, they're warehouse owners mm-hmm. are using. We've actually driven out all the actual farmers that you have in your imagination, the mm-hmm. old McDonald farm. Yeah. Um, now they want to get a, an insurance write off so they can restock these warehouses that have been repeatedly flooded again. And they are describing these animals as live inventory. So if you let them all drown in the container, then it's easier to count. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why when rescuers who went to North Carolina and actually rescued pigs who were contaminated, uh, considered inedible because they were swimming in contaminated waters and they wanted to take these pigs to a sanctuary And the police said they couldn't even understand that they're going, this is not your property. This is the property of the farmers. As long as animals are considered property. Okay. So these activists crying, tears, sobbing were forced to give by the police to give these animals back to the farmer. Now the farmer couldn't kill them for food, but they are live inventory so they can get an insurance write off for them. Mm -hmm. But those animals are dead. Mm -hmm. So, There's no use for them. This is the world we live in. And as difficult as it may be to appreciate, if you purchase these products, you go to a supermarket and you buy ham and turkey and chicken nuggets or go to a fast food restaurant or go anywhere and buy animals or animal byproducts, 
You are creating that scenario. You are making that scenario happen. Mm -hmm. And there is a price to pay. There is a price to pay and we are all paying it. That's the thing that upsets me because I don't do that. I don't eat those animals. I don't eat animal byproducts and neither does Vanessa and neither do many, many millions of people. There's been a 600% increase in vegan food products. Mm -hmm. In fact, later today on our janeunchained.com's daily vegan cooking show, we are going to Del Taco, which has unveiled a Beyond, you're invited, a Beyond Meat Taco, which Beyond Meat is a vegan taco. People cannot tell the difference. So, What kind of a world are we living in where people who say, hey, if you can't even tell the difference in taste anymore, and it's this animal agriculture is destroying our planet, really impacting climate change, and is the leading cause of the destruction of forests because you've got to feed all these animals. You know, when you see fields of grain and corn and soy, and you think, wow, feeding the world. No, they're feeding animals Mm-mm. who eat 40 times what they produce, uh, more than they produce as so-called meat. I don't even like to use the word anymore. Yeah. So they're not feeding people. No. People are dying of hunger right now. Yeah. And so humanitarians who say, well, I care about people. Mm-hmm. I care about children. Mm-hmm. Well, every time you take a bite of steak, or eat into a meat hamburger, you are allowing a child to die of starvation in a third world country. Exactly. Now, I want to, I don't want to scold people. I just want them to see the reality mm-hmm. so that they can say, okay, I'm not standing here saying, and we've got, wow, so many comments coming in, so I want to get to them. But I want to make a point of saying, I'm not coming from up here. I know what it's like, how hard it is to give up something you think you can't live without. Mm -hmm. I'm a recovering alcoholic with 23 years of sobriety. And every day for years, I said, I'm not going to drink tonight. And I drank until I hit bottom. And I thought, I'm never going to have fun again. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to do all the things that I associate with drinking, whether it be skiing or going to the ocean or going to a party I do all of it without alcohol and I'm happier. It's the same thing with animal products. You think you can't live without it. I mean, people even have a hard time going to dinner with me because I don't want to go to dinner with people who are eating dead animals. And they're like, but, uh, what, what, you can't skip killing an animal for one time? One meal. So it's, it's like, we are so conditioned. We're so brainwashed. We've got 41 comments here. So let's do it. Oh, there's a guy named George McQuaid. Who's he? Who's he? He <laughs> says subsidies make us pay even when we don't want to. This has to stop because it's costing us on so many levels ethics, health, environmental, financial. Jasmine Menasevich? Menasevich says CNN report climate change cut meat intake up to 30%. Finally, they start acknowledging the fact. Well, that yeah. would be great. That would be, that would be wonderful mm-hmm. if, if that's happening. I love it. Uh, Carol, Carol Walton says, yes, crisis to peace is the solution. Uh, people need to stop being selfish and think about the future of their children and their children's children, says Cat Walker. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I think that our audience knows this, but the question is, how do we get to the other folks? The ones who 
you know, I don't have children or grandchildren except for little Rico and his brothers and sisters, okay? <laughs> but I don't have grandchildren. In eight years, at the rate we're going, we will have no wildlife vertebrates on the planet. We've already killed more than 60%. And in eight years, if we continue destroying forests to grow food to feed farm animals, so-called farm animals, we will have no wildlife left because we're destroying their habitat. They have nowhere to go and they die off. Now, if you have children or grandchildren, please just stop in your tracks and say, wait a second, I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I don't want to leave a dystopia, a horrible Mad Max world for them. Right. Weigh in on that if you would. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the rate that we're going, it's clear that we have already created damage to the planet. Already things are happening. And if you don't... I I want to jump in. Yeah, please. Danny from North Carolina is a caller. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, Vanessa. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Jane. I'm listening to your show and I'm... Hi, I'm listening to your show, and i got to tell you that I read that same article, Breaking News, that it's irreversible by 2030, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was just visiting Brother Wolf uh, Animal Rescue and um, their uh, rescue and their sanctuary, and I'll tell you what she's doing. Denise Bitts over there, what I love is that she's actually creating. So she has a dog and cat rescue center, an adoption agency here in Asheville, But what she's also doing is she's slipping the farm animal sanctuary vegan aspect in because she's going to have a big sanctuary where you can come and adopt the cats and dogs, but then they're going to see the pigs and the cows, and they can also adopt some of those pot bellies. But the point is, is that she is infiltrating the dog and cat world because they're still having their barbecues. And once we get a lot of those dog and cat people, what do you guys think? I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. I think that's a wonderful way lure people in because there's so many cat and dog lovers and, and organizations mm-hmm. that rescue that still serve barbecue. As you say, they're not making that connection. But once they start connecting with animals, I, I think I used to want to do something where I would stand in front of a butcher shop with a baby pig or a baby sheep or some adorable mm-hmm. animal that nobody would, unless you're a complete sociopath, nobody would want to kill. And I would say before somebody enters the butcher shop, I have this little baby sheep. Would you kill this sheep for me? <laughs> <laughs> you got me so upset. I knocked no. over the computer for a second. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, would you kill this baby sheep for me? And here's the knife. Of course, it would be a fake knife. And see if somebody yeah. cognitively, can you see this baby and hold this baby in your hand and actually commit murder? Because that's what you're doing when you buy these products. But you're just asking somebody else to do the murder. So if you connect so true. with dogs and cats. And I wanted to add one more thing is that here in North Carolina, talking to everybody and with the floods, the floods and also those, quote, hog farms, those lagoons overflowing with the floods and getting people are getting sick. It's horrifying what's happening. We are. It's horrifying. Just horrifying. Absolutely. And now uh, we formed a coalition in the wake of the North Carolina hurricane uh, Florence to basically say, Hey, we've got to change something because North Carolina is the biggest Hog, I don't even say hog, pig. They like to say hog because yeah. people don't relate to hogs. They call it hog pig. country out here. Yeah, pig, yeah. yeah. pig producing state after Iowa. You're destroying wow. your own your own communities. Of course, they're mostly low yeah. income. 
communities of color, but you're destroying your own communities with these manure lagoons um, on top of the horrific cruelty of, you know, the unimaginable moral bankruptcy of leaving animals in warehouses to drown to death. We've got to do something more. We held a news conference. There were at least half a dozen organizations, great speeches. The media came to Wilmington, North Carolina. They rolled their cameras. Guess what happened? They never put it on the air. We went back. We went back. We looked at the um, news that night. I was online. There were we had we had teams of people each watching for each station that had come. They did not air it. Wow. They did not air it. What does that say? When people in North Carolina stand up and they hold a news conference and say, we've got to end these CAFOs, what that means is we're living in an oppressive society where the average American isn't even getting the information that people don't want this in their communities, which I have to give myself and our team, which you're a part of, Danny, a pat on the back, Jane Unchained went live and we put out that news conference. We were the only evidence that that news conference occurred. Wow. Mm. So that's why Jane Unchained is important. Yes. It For is. anybody who wonders, well, what are you doing? This is like back in the Soviet <laughs> Union where you had to hand little pieces of paper to people yeah. to get the word out. <laughs> and if you were caught, right? It's like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio. You'll hear a little music and then... We're going to stay live on Facebook and come back in a minute with Vanessa Marceau of Alora Wellness and talk a little bit about her journey and how you can learn from it. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. You 
You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to janeunchainednews at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. I am here uh, looking in all my thousands of apps for the New York Times app so I can go back to it and show you what we're talking about today. There it is. Major Climate Report describes uh, a strong risk of crisis as early as 2040. And this is the front page elite story, and it's being carried by all the media. But unfortunately, they didn't mention a leading cause, which is animal agriculture. And, you know, uh, we've Cowspiracy is an incredible film to watch. You can just go to cowspiracy.com and you will find it. And they also come with a ton of facts. And I know you had been looking up some of the facts, Mm -hmm. but if you go to Cowspiracy Facts, you will see all the evidence there and their citations. So it's right there. Tip it down a little bit. Cowspiracy Facts, The Facts, all of those facts there come with citations. So we're not just making this up. Um, and, and yet, you know, the senses and when you talk to environmentalists, you know, intellectuals who are, oh, you know, they get it all. Well, why don't they talk about this? A couple of reasons. Uh, well, the media follow the money. Look at the TV commercials, fast food mm-hmm. and pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that the pharmaceutical industry would collapse if people switched to a plant-based diet because they wouldn't need their cholesterol-lowering drugs? Yep. Billion, multi-billion-dollar industry. Yep. They wouldn't need their as many stent operations. Multi-billion-dollar industry. In fact, in Cowspiracy, there is a scene where um, Kip Anderson, who is so brilliant, uh, goes up to um, a hospital and he's supposed to do an interview. And a PR flack comes out and says, I'm sorry, we can't do the interview about the stent operations and the diet aspect. And he said, why not? And they're filming from across the street. They go, well, this is our business. She actually spilled it. This is our business. They're making money off of you getting sick. Mm-hmm. Don't be a sucker. That's all we're saying is don't be a sucker. You know, Dr. Selesh Rao is having, you're going, yes. I'm going. Can't wait. Um, climatehealers.org, okay? Uh, in Tempe, Arizona, October 26th, a four-day conference called Vegan World 2026. This is a doctor who is a Stanford PhD who was instrumental in the development of the internet, and he feels that we are going to create an infrastructure for a plant-based world by 2026 and help, for example, farmers transition. In the wake of the North Carolina floods, uh, Renee Kingsonen of Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, who has a rancher's advocacy program that transitions ranchers from raising animals and killing animals to doing some other form of commerce, we started researching the commonalities between chicken farming and mushroom farming. They are Mm. both in warehouses. They're both dark. They both pack their product, their inventory in very tightly. And actually, it's cheaper and easier to grow mushrooms that are filled with protein that can be a substitute for chickens. And um, we can transition farmers. We actually reached one farmer who had been wiped out twice in a row and spoke to um, Renee Kingston and spoke to his wife. And she expressed an interest. So we can help these farmers transition. We're not trying to put anybody out of business. We're trying to save the planet. And guess what? As these storms become more and more frequent, their operations will become not viable anymore. They will not be viable. It's one thing having a hundred year flood 
even every 10 years. But when that 100-year flood is hitting every year, you, you're out of business. Yeah. So address that if you would, Vanessa. And by the way, tell us your story. You, you're a, uh, you went to Yale. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your journey. All right. So I went to Yale, not at the same time as Kavanaugh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it definitely was a culture of a lot of uh, in-clubs, secret societies. There were definitely that white male privilege and fast track into government and politics. And one experience that I had, I was the secretary of the political union of the liberal party. And I had this experience where I was actually trying to stick up for some people on the right who had spoken out at a meeting with Bruce Babbitt and protested and they were kicked out and they were, everyone was trying to punish them. And what I realized was that systems want to maintain power and they don't actually want to create change and bring in free dialogue and openness. They want to protect their interests. And I took that message because I was always interested in going to politics. I was a literature major and I did theater, but I was also wanting to be an actress, but also considering going to politics. But that experience really let me know that Power is so heady that you want to do what you can to maintain it. And it became such, I, I just saw all the mud flinging and all the, the nastiness that I decided I'm not going into politics. So I actually ended up being an actress. I was living in Paris where I want to mention, by the way, that I lived on a street that was catty corner to another street that had a lot of butcher shops. There were a lot of people from the Ivory Coast, Thailand, China, in the area that I was living in. And I would pass by these butcher shops. I was vegetarian at the time because I always hated the taste of meat and I stopped eating meat when I was a kid. And in these butcher shops, you would have the entire animal hanging upside down. So with the eyes, the face, everything. So you would see an entire horse, an entire, because they do sell a lot of horse meat in Paris, an entire pig, cow, deer, rabbit, all these living beings. If you saw these living beings in the wild, like a deer or a bunny, all these animals that we, we love to think are so beautiful and such a gift to be able to see them in the wild, and yet here they are hanging upside down, dead, for somebody to cut off a slice and hand you this package. And I remember thinking, everyone should have to see this horrifying experience because would people still be able to buy this nicely packaged product that doesn't even resemble the animal that was killed if they had to look at the entire living being and have that slab cut off. So anyway, lived in Paris, came back to America, decided that I wanted to start Laura Wellness. I was working in running mental health treatment centers. I'm a psychotherapist. And I finally decided I don't have to wait until I have all the money that I want to be able to start Laura Wellness, which was originally going to start in Toulouse, France. I was going to get a converted bed and breakfast uh, chateau and convert it to a bed and breakfast, vegan sanctuary, have lots of land. I wanted to take animals from all the kill shelters and bring them there, have round the clock vet students to take care of them and get their experience. I was going to do all that when I made a lot of money running these centers. I was going to become a CEO. I was getting an MBA. And then I finally decided I'm actually miserable doing this. This isn't my dream. I don't want to be working constantly. Yes. Um, So I want to start Allura now and I'll just get loans and do fundraising and all that because I want to make a difference. And I want to send the center out into the world so I can stop the massive killing of animals, offer alternatives and teach people that they can live well without destroying and killing. And you are a great example because you are just the picture of health and fitness. 
And uh, so I aspire to be more like Vanessa. Uh, Lisa Carlin Thousand Oaks, what is your question or thought, Lisa? Hi, Lisa. Hello. I just wanted to say, you know, apropos to the climate change um, news that's out there now, why can't we put together a massive uh, group of people to, to submit op-eds to all the local papers, the local and the national papers, because people just don't know that animal agriculture, greenhouse gases from animal agriculture, is the single largest contributor to climate change. That's number one. All the other things, transportation's way below that. We need to get the word out. So I wanted, I want to challenge everybody to write an article for their local paper and massively to ask questions. Why are we not addressing the fact that the World Bank and the World Health Organization, the United Nations, have come out with statements about animal agriculture and greenhouse gases? Okay, well, first of all, you got to get those newspapers to publish those editorials. Mm -hmm. We just mentioned that we held a news conference with more than a half a dozen organizations in Wilmington, North Carolina, calling for the end of CAFOs, which are concentrated animal feeding operations, which were the warehouses where three and a half million animals were left to drown to death. Um, And they didn't even put it on. So, you know, Lisa, you and I both went to Paramount Studios when the New York Times had a climate change conference and they had a whole panel there and they talked for an hour about climate change. They never mentioned animal agriculture. We had scattered ourselves throughout the audience and we began asking them questions. Why didn't you mention climate change? Why, you know, why aren't you acknowledging this? Why are you promoting in your paper um, recipes like uh, doing a, a front page article highlighting all these beef or pork hot dogs, animal hot dogs, without mentioning a vegan alternative. Well, then they serve chicken and pork afterwards, and we went live, and then basically they shut us down. So um, right. they said, turn off your live video. So let me say something else. People are not reading as much. Yeah, you know, I go to the New York Times and I read the New York Times, but honestly, when I get through the front page by reading all the editorials and reading the pages on the front page, I'm not getting that deep into the paper that I'm going to get to some letter to the editor or whatever. You know, newspapers, this is what old school organizations do, write letters to the editor. We need to start thinking more creatively using social media. That's why everybody, please share this video. Uh, tweet. I would say a tweet storm challenging. I tweeted the New York Times and the reporter. Then let's do that. Then yeah. let's I already did it today. Why that you that tweet? Into a tweet. Yes. Retweet my tweet. I tweeted uh, last night about it. Mm-hmm. As soon as I read the article, I tweeted it. We need to have a campaign and we need to call out the media for not discussing this. You talked about, well, it's difficult because, you know, uh, culturally, I agree, but follow the money. When Absolutely. Follow the money. And the thing that Dr. Selesh Rao says that is so powerful is that they're farming the humans, too. Oh, yeah. There's only yes. a, a handful, a handful of companies that have the controlling interest in all of these industries and they have the voting power. They're the point point one percent, 
and they don't eat all the crap that they're feeding the rest of America. They've got private chefs keeping everybody healthy and trim. They are farming humans. Yes. We are all part of the factory farming Mm -hmm. system. When you start to wake up and realize that the people who are buying this stuff are the suckers, the suckers who are going to pay the price, they don't care. They can't make money until you get sick. If you're the producer of a drug that fights cholesterol or erectile dysfunction or any of the other things that come with eating an animal uh, diet, you cannot make money until a person gets sick. So address now, that. That's correct. Yes. However, we now, have, we now have Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C. did a physician training, an annual meeting, and they sold out. Uh, Plantrition Project had another meeting a few months later, a thousand physicians. They sold out. People are demanding it, and physicians, primary health care providers, nurse practitioners as well, and physicians assistants, they have patients who have undergone a transformation by converting to a plant-based diet, and right. if you, you as a health care provider haven't learned how to do that, you go find yourself a meeting to attend, and Thank that's you, what happens. Thank you, Mr. Carolyn, what? for calling in. We appreciate your Thank call. You. Thank you so much. Can you address some of those issues? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The first thing I would say is if we did not have lobbies in our government, we would be able to have an entirely different system. The lobbies are so incredibly powerful. They are keeping the legislation favoring these producers, animal agriculture, pharmaceuticals, all these kind of huge mega business, Monsanto, whatever it's changed its name to now. I don't even remember. And that is all designed to keep us in the system so that we all stay unhealthy, we stay impoverished because you have to pay for all of these treatments and keeping you sick. So you keep buying the drugs and keep getting the operations and keep consuming the products that they're telling you are essential for your health. So these lobbies are so incredibly powerful. They have so much money. And just the other day, and I haven't fact-checked this to see if this is true, but I read that Trump wants to get the name of animal activists from Facebook. And it wouldn't surprise me, given that animal activists are called domestic terrorists. The whole system, the whole power structure is designed to keep us sick and toxic and destroy so much life so that they can maintain their hegemony and maintain their lifestyles. And they're not thinking about their kids, grandkids, and great grandkids and the health of the planet. They're thinking about now and the immediacy of the lure of money and power. So we do have to have these doctors speaking out, these plant-based conferences, medical schools, changing the kind of nutrition and curriculums that we have, which I know PCRM is essential in doing and trying to bring that new information so that doctors have current education about nutrition. We have to infiltrate, speak out, share, retweet Jane's tweets, share these kind of posts and this information. We have to get the word out to have these social revolutions going. And then we also have to support vegan businesses. I am creating a vegan business. I only buy from vegan businesses. If we support the veganomy, as I call it, we get it stronger. We bring money into the vegan world. So go to a vegan hairdresser, vegan massage, buy vegan clothing from a vegan producer, go to vegan stores whenever you can. Let's get stronger so we can have lobbies and we can start taking over this system and drive these lobbies out of business so we yeah. can save our animals. There was the a planet. horrific shooting and it was a tragedy. My heart went out to everybody 
who was there. Remember, there, there's a congressional baseball game. There's a yes, shooting. yes. It turned out that there were the lobbyists were from animal agriculture. They're playing baseball together. Is the point? Mm-hmm. You don't see the members of Congress playing baseball with vegans. <laughs> oh. um, so we have to we have to really stand up and get us to the next level. And you know, we have to just stop. Go for the low-hanging fruit. Go for people who are open-minded. Yes. Because uh, I think we all have friends who, no matter what you say to them, they're shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, uh, it's very hard to get advice from somebody you know personally. Yeah. That's uh, they true. take it very personally. So yeah. I've stopped. I used to waste my time on people I know. I've just moved on. Uh, much better to approach people I don't know. There's not as much, oh, you're, you're shaming me because... I don't know you. You don't know me. I'm just giving you information. So that's one thing I've stopped doing, and it's made me feel a lot better. By the way, we have uh, about 100 shares now on this video. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Please share. We've got 133 comments. People care about this issue. And you know what? We are rising up. We are. We are all going uh, to Tempe, Arizona. We're going to do a four-day conference where Vanessa, myself, and a bunch of other people mm-hmm. uh, under the leadership of Dr. Selesh Rao, who is I'm just going to say he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to create an infrastructure for a world of normalized nonviolence. And, and you know, why is animal agriculture such a pivotal thing in the evolution of the human species? Because it is the penultimate expression of the concept, the toxic concept that life is a zero-sum game. Right. That for me to survive, you have to die. Somebody else has to die. Right. This is the basis of all wars, of violent crime, yep. of... All violence in the world is the uh, feeling that for me to win, you have to lose. Right. So for me to live, this animal has to die. Or in the case of American society, hundreds of animals have to die every year. Right. Hundreds of animals who are just like this little guy who sleeps right. through all these shows, which is, I find, very funny. <laughs> um, that's why I have, other, I have other companion animals, but we pick him because he's so chill. But, um, but the thing is that once we get past this very primitive concept, so many other ills in our society will fall off, oh, yeah. like war, like the violent crimes that everybody's so obsessed with. Uh, and, and we can evolve. There still will be sadness. Of course, people will die. There will be accidents. accidents. There will be um, natural catastrophes, although fewer of them, because we will have um, gotten climate change in check. Right. But um, it solves so many of society's ills instead of piecemealing, trying to send little bits of hunger relief to all these famine victims in the, the sub-Saharan Africa. We yeah. could solve the problem so easily. We have the money and the resources right now to solve world hunger. It doesn't take a genius to figure out how to do it. Stop consuming animal products, stop animal agriculture. And we're not trying, like Jane said, trying to put people out of business. People still need to eat. Just change what you're doing to something that is sustainable. We're actually working trying to convince these chicken farmers who've been wiped out to switch to mushroom farming. And they can make money. And mushroom farming can be used for food, for leather, and it's also creating an infrastructure for plant-based meats. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. Thank you, Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome back. And Vanessa Marceau, I'm holding little Rico, who is our mascot, a rescue from Puerto Rico. And Vanessa is holding a pineapple shoe that looks so much like leather. It's scary. And, you know, sometimes when we're out there at protests and events, people walk by and they go, you're all wearing leather Leather. shoes. But the truth is we're not wearing leather shoes. You cannot tell the difference. And the truth is if you can't tell the difference, and this is pineapple leather, Mm -hmm. and it's there, I want, now I'm having shoe envy. Those are fantastic. (laughs) Yes. Um, Why do we have to kill an animal? You know, and and, um, there are so many of these companies now that are starting to wake up to fur. I think, Oh, Diane yes. von Furstenberg is now switched Gucci. to Gucci, Michael Kors. They're all saying so we're many. ditching fur. Well, the next step is to ditch leather. It's totally unnecessary. And it's not like, oh, the animals who die for food no. become leather. It's no. a whole other industry. Yeah, and it's totally toxic. They you, People think, oh, leather, your foot breathes all these artificial materials. No, it's highly toxic. The tanning process is highly toxic. The chemicals and the people who handle them often die early and get all kinds of horrible diseases. We've got Paula Franklin from Queens, New York. Paula, what is your question or thought? Oh, hi. I was wondering um, what, in your estimation, would be the reason why MSNBC or PBS, I'm not going to, you know, name names, but you know who I'm talking about, don't mention animal agriculture. They're supposed to be the most informative and reliable sources of information. You make an incredible point. You know, after the floods in North Carolina, I was watching the Rachel Maddow show, and I like Rachel. I I check in. I watch it. I'm on my bike watching the racial map, <laughs> my exercise bike, because I want to know what's happening with politics. You know, she talked for 10 minutes approximately and interviewed somebody about the horror in North Carolina and the manure lagoons never mm-hmm. once mentioned the suffering of the animals. Now, she's yeah. a big meat eater. She has uh, actually said that, um, you know, her turkey, the turkey that she was cooking for Thanksgiving was so big they couldn't fit it in the oven, so they put it on the grill. Oh now, here's... Here's 
this is hypocrisy. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not a hypocrite. Nobody lives a perfect life in this world. I mean, uh, could I be living in a treehouse somewhere using absolutely no resources except for, you know, nuts and grains and fruit? Sure. And I'm not doing that. But when you, when you call out climate change deniers, yeah. when you rail against the Paris uh, United States, you know, trashing the Paris uh, climate, climate change yeah. accords, when you uh, purport to be an environmentalist and you do not acknowledge the terrible, horrific impact of climate change, and if you purport to be a feminist, all of these animals are raped. Yes. And they are not making love in these warehouses called factory farms or CAFOs. They are all raped. And, you know, the horror of it is so monumental that, indeed, I heard a story that just broke my heart, is that sometimes they practice the raping the cows right before they're slaughtered. If they're going to be slaughtered, well, what better time to let those who are not exactly, uh, you know, uh, up to date on the latest rape techniques about fisting these cows and sticking the semen in, into them. Let's let them practice on the cows that are, who are about to be slaughtered. Oh if God. that doesn't tell you oh, that we are sick. in a morally sick, sick, sick world and that we're all going to pay a huge price. And unfortunately, those people who are not killing animals are also going to pay the price because we're all in it together. Yep. It's not a personal choice when there's a victim. It's not a personal choice when your choices impact everybody else any more than driving through a stoplight is a personal choice. Right. Any more than killing a human being is a personal choice. Right. It's not a personal choice when there are consequences to other people. Right. And that's what's happening with animal agriculture. Now, you asked a great question, Paula. This is not, I don't like to talk politics of left and right. I stay out of it because the liberal media is just as bad and they have the obligation uh, because they've purported to be climate change proponents. Yeah. So we have across the board a culture in complete and utter denial. Yes, they're still the mainstream media, even if they're more liberal. KCRW does talks a lot about, they just did um, on Friday about the destruction of forests in the Amazon and how that's causing so many problems because the trees are the lungs of the planet. And they didn't talk about animal agriculture. And this is KCRW, a progressive, supposedly progressive radio station. But this is a cultural blind spot throughout the world that we're not talking about animal agriculture <clears throat> and that we're not talking about the culture of violence. We've been in war about 97% of our history. We have engaged in these systems of hegemony, of violence, of control, domination over others because we've learned that that's what self-esteem is. Let me dominate you and kill you, be your boss, be eat you, and then that makes me more powerful. And it's all based on low self-esteem. If people feel good That's about it. themselves, they don't need to dominate. That's if right. you feel really good price. about yourself, you don't need to feel that you're better with somebody else. Yes. Okay, we're going to go to Sarah. Sarah from West Hollywood. You've been waiting a long time. What do you have to say? Oh, hi, um, Vanessa and Jane. You got a uh, ladies, amazing show this morning. Thank I you, just want to leave um, on a positive note. I know the show's ending soon. I was walking in West Hollywood at the farmer's market on uh, Saturday night with Boomer Jr. 
the vegan beagle. And we were walking Natalie Porkman. Natalie Porkman is a five-month-old meat pig. She was rescued. So she would have been on someone's plate had not she been rescued by the sanctuary at Soledad. But my point is we were walking. uh, They were walking. It was incredible. I did a video. And people were making the connection because they they were seeing a dog and a pig but not bacon and a dog or pork chop and a dog because they were making the connection. They saw them together. And I think if more people, when Danny went to Brother Wolf, and that was amazing today, more people see the individual and see the rescue um, animals, I believe that they will make the connection. And they will say, hey, you know, Natalie Porkman, she's so cute. You know, how could I possibly (laughs) eat her? After, and she was named after Natalie Portman. But yeah, my yes, point is, is this is such an amazing connection that children yeah. were making, families yeah. were making, people yes. that never thought that, I, I, I saw it, you know, in that light bulb moment. It was amazing. And I love that positive, you know, I, I'm disappointed with the article. Yes, I read it. I read the article. I also listened to KCRW and I'm a member of KCRW. And yeah. I was very disappointed they did not um, talk about the animal agriculture However, we do need to also point out the positive moments that we can have that people will see and make change to do the right thing, to align their morals with their choices because they are, they are, there are choices and they see how cute these little baby animals are at sanctuaries or walking on the street or walking just anywhere and they, and they're not going to eat them. I I think, I think it's, it's, it's a positive move. Thank, Thank you, you, Sarah, Wonderful. from West Hollywood. Keep keep walking around with Natalie Porkman. Now, we have only a couple of minutes. I'd like you to wrap up, and then I'll do a final wrap-up on what you're, what's the solution to all this. So I think we all need to take pigs for walks. That way people can see all these beautiful animals. Seriously, I do think that we all need to constantly speak out. We need to support vegan businesses. We need to create vegan businesses. We need to get the word out. We need to share. Never feel that you need to be polite because revolution and change do not happen from being polite. It's not about shaming somebody, but we really need to let everyone know what is happening because we are facing a crisis. We're facing a serious situation that could be a disaster for all of us as well as as facing the agonizing deaths of billions and trillions of animals regularly. The other thing I was going to say is just to mention real quick, we had the amazing LA Reggae Vegan Festival, which I helped organize yesterday. It was so successful and we had a great turnout and a lot of the people there were reggae fans and not vegan, but they had only vegan food there and they loved it. And so many people were saying, I'm really going to, I want to check into this. I want to see what this is about because I don't want to contribute to suffering. And last thing is I brought some cookies for Jane. Some vegan cookies that are witch hats. As a witch hat. (laughs) Witch hat. (laughs) For Halloween. Or maybe it's the devil's triangle. (laughs) Oh, that too. Okay. Listen, I want to wrap up by saying I agree with you. And you know, I I often say that we're gonna find compassion everywhere. It has nothing to do with your background, your income level, your race, your geographic. I'm going to the low country, Hilton Head. Hilton Head, South Carolina, I believe. Oh, South yes, Carolina, yes. So. I'm very <laughs> excited. First uh, or second, I don't know, they're just starting Veg Fest. And they asked Great. me to go about a year Wonderful. ago. And I was like, 
Hell yes. I'm going to go because that's where we need to have a veganism in Texas, in South Carolina, in North Carolina. And believe it or not, there are a lot of vegan movements happening. Asheville is a hotbed. Oh, yeah. Asheville, North Carolina is a hotbed of veganism. And they have sanctuaries in the area and they have a vegan brewery. And I've met all these people. This is the real American way of life. We're not going to let anybody who kills animals say, well, that's all American. Actually, if you want to look at how your grandparents and great grandparents ate, they ate mostly vegetables. We didn't have factory farming. We didn't have McDonald's. McDonald's came on the scene just around the time I was born. Okay, it's been uh, this this modern agriculture is a horror show, and it's going to be a blight on the history of humankind. And the sooner we can erase it and end it and move to a healthier, smarter, smarter, more compassionate way of living. Um, the better off we're all going to be. Thank you, Vanessa Marceau, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening on Voice America Influencers and for watching on Facebook. We will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.